Hello and welcome to Classical Stuff You Should Know, a podcast about books and ideas and philosophy. And today, uh, well, I guess as always, I am joined by Graham Donaldson. Hello. And AJ Hannenberg. That's me. And today, I guess it's it's something of a, of a deal. So we're going to get three books Jeez, for the please. price of one episode. Is it three books or is it one just Uber book? I, so just, you know, listeners can't see this. I'm looking toward you, Graham, and in front of you are, in fact, three books. That's right. So I believe... I guess we can call it, say it's three books. Okay. T- today, yeah, we're talking about something that I've maybe referenced before. Uh, first of all, AJ, what's with the blankie? It's cold in here, man. Yeah, AJ is wearing a blanket. You are wearing... Where, where'd you get that blanket? That's actually... Uh, it's like quilted. My it's, aunt made this. It's really oh, nice. She, she did a great job. She's a great yeah. quilt. Does she, listen, does she listen to the podcast? I don't... I doubt oh, it. Okay. Well, yeah. just would you pass on? She did a great job with this blanket. Yeah, Thank you. Looks good. Um, yeah, we are doing... Kristen Lovren's daughter? Kristen Lovren's daughter. Yeah. So uh, it is a book... Oh, wait, Lavrin's daughter is a name, not like Lavrin's well, It daughter. ends up being her last name, and her father is Lavrin's. Okay. So, so she's Lavrin's daughter. Yeah. If she had a brother, he would be Lavrinson. Yeah. So this is sort of the Norwegian naming, um, you know, uh, ways. And these books are good? These books are wonderful. Okay. I'm sure I forget if it's been in the in between or if I said on the episode that we I, I turned on the audiobook for this years and years ago. And my wife fell asleep almost immediately, and so we swapped it out. It is uh, there's a high bar of entry just okay. on the names yes. of the characters, yes, and a high bar of entry because this book is written in 1920, yeah, and it's set in 14th century Norway, cool. and the characters talk like it. Okay, awesome. Um, so I troth. So you have to yes. learn Norwegian, is what you're no, talking? yeah, oh, okay. you sort of <laughs> you've got to have to get over. It. There will be a section. I'll read a section that comes at the end of the book, and you'll get a feel for the language of it. Um, now, I don't know. I, I think Kristen Lavin's Daughter is a, is a wonderful book. So I'll just let me just give you the, the brief synopsis. It is a book that is the entirety of a human person's life. So Kristen, she is the daughter of a noble man, like noble in terms of being part of the gentry, but is not very wealthy. He runs a, basically a farm in the countryside and like the boonies of Norway. That's Lavin. Hmm? That's Lavin? And that's Lavin's, okay. her father. And so the book runs from like little baby toddler Kristen to an old woman when she dies. And that's not a spoiler. Spoiler. uh, Because you sort of, you realize you're going to get the sense, oh, I'm going to get the whole life of this person in this book. And you sort of realize that this is, this is going to be a whole person's life. I will say that to talk about, you know, there is going to be spoilers in this book. It's about, the book is a thousand pages long. So there's no way that I'm going to cover everything. And because it's like, the entire span of a person's life, I found a hard time when I read it knowing what was going to be like a really important thing that was going to come up later in her life and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. Because all the time there would be like, you know, my son had a bad dream and he told me the dream and he told me this dream. And I'd be like, ooh, dream, that sounds important. And then it would never come up again. (laughs) And then if you, I went on just before the podcast just to see what people were saying in their own chapter summaries. And even in the chapter summaries, they were making references to things as if they were important that I was like, oh, I didn't think that that was like an important part of the plot or the story. But this person who wrote this summary must have thought so. So it is, the the book is like um, just filled with this person's life and anything that could happen in the life, you know, is there. And it's, and it's so big that it's sort of hard to really pinpoint what are the, you know, anyway, what are some of the, the, the really important bits? But to the, the, the overarching story is, is this, this girl, Kristen, and her father is like 
a good man. In fact, he may be one of my new most favorite characters in all of literature. Um, Laverins, uh, I can't remember his last name. Oh, Bjorgel, Bjorgelson. His dad's name was Bjorgolf. That's a great name. Yeah. yeah. So Laverins Bjorgelson is just a, uh, he's, he's wonderful. He is pious. He is a warrior. He is just a, he's a girl dad, so he doesn't have any sons, and he just loves his daughters. Um, he is good to his peasants. He's quiet. He, but he drinks, and when he drinks, he gets, he's merry, and he, like, drinks too much. He's like, wife, I shouldn't have drank so much, but I love everything. And then when he's sober, he's quiet. You know, he's just a wonderful, wonderful person and just adores Kristen, his oldest daughter. Kristen's mother is named Rangfrid, and uh, 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 Rangfrid is um, depressed. Um, Rangfrid has had a number of male sons who have died young or died in the womb. And um, there, and then as you sort of, you, it's, you pretty quickly realize that Rangfrid um, respects Laverns and has a kind of love for him, but that their marriage is not a happy one. In terms of like their marriage is not it, – it is one that works and it is one that was arranged and it was one that was like on paper, awesome. Yep, he's a good guy and this is going to work, you know, and you're going to have a good life and you're going to have a respectable life and people are going to respect you. But you realize pretty soon on that Rangford and Bjorn – or Rangford and Laverns are not like happy together. They're not um, dysfunctional. They're very, very functional. And there is a tremendous amount of respect. And there's a love for each other, but it is a love that has been born out of we've both done our duty in this life oh. as opposed to, like, my heart burns for you. Do we find out if there's some you reason do. for that mm-hmm. later? You do later. So, But the, you, it's pretty early that you can tell this sort of stuff in the book. Yep. Kristen um, is beautiful. Um, uh, the... How can I say it? There's this sort of like the way that the author. So, like I said, it, uh, 19, it was written in the 1920s. The author, her name is uh, what's Sigrid. her name? Sigurd Unset. Yeah. Um, uh, Kristen is beautiful, um, and there's this like fear that can be generated in the story of just like an une. There's this. I I had the first book. I had this like unsettled anxiety when I read the book because you just got the sense that you had this that Kristen was this like beautiful person who could elicit desire in lots of people around her and you were just worried for her. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like um, like a Helen of Troy. Like there was just a beauty and an innocence of her and she's like, she's smart, she's with it. Everybody knows that's gonna be a wonderful woman when she grows up, yeah. that you just get this fear of that she is going to be that the desire for of of men around her is going to like consume. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem, and you get that real early in the book. Um, not real early, but you just sort of as the book goes on, you just sort of realize like that's a terrifying thing. And Laverns is protective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I would say that this book, I think it's a Christian masterpiece. Honestly, wow. I think um, it is a book that. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the section that I kind of want to read is the highlight at the end. I think it's just, yeah, I think the book is, is, I don't know if I love it because as I'm reading it, 
it's like you just end up thinking about like life and your life and the relationships that you have and what it means to live like a full human life and the decisions you make when you're young and older. I don't know if I like it because of just like personal self-reflection or because of the book itself, but it's one of those books that I think drives people to be reflective of just life. Um, uh, the other – the things that I kind of wanted to bring out um, – so I'm a man. Spoiler. Thank you. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, and so okay. – um, I'm tracking. When I, but okay. this I is a book – I got to adjust. So this, second. Okay. So this <laughs> is a book mentally, written uh, – this is a book written by a woman. Um, and there's – and uh, I would – so Catherine, who we work with at school, friend of the podcast and longtime listeners will have heard her voice on like episode I was going to say, she was, and, a, she and was and the one time, only real mm-hmm. like guest. Yes, right. Like we've had other guest people that we've interviewed, yeah. but, like but Kath- she was like mm-hmm. a, oh, a tryout yep. as like yep. a, she led an episode. Back then she was a peer. Now she is our boss. Yeah. And my underling. And you're oh, yeah, also your underling <laughs> in some ways. Anyway, she was talking about it because she's like, oh, I've always heard about that book. What did you love about it? And the, fir- the only thing I could think of was like this book along with Jane Austen have been the two books that have made me think the most about life from the perspective of being female. Like life from as a, like as a, from a woman's perspective, um, and the thing that I, maybe I'll, I'll I'll float a little spoiler for the kind of conversation I want to have in the in between is I want to compare the like fullness of the Kristen Laverne's daughter character to like the shallowness of Elizabeth in Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, so if you're interested in the in between, that's kind of when I go where I want to go with mm-hmm. that. But anyway, um, so it's Kristen Laverne's daughter, so she's very young. Laverne's loves her. Um, and there are no, there are no brothers. So, uh, she is, um, you know, um, uh, the eldest. She has a sister, um, named Ramborg. Um, oh gosh, I know, poor girl. <laughs> and, Resistance um, is futile for that one. she's Ramborg. And then she also has <laughs> a, another, oh gosh, another sister whose name I can't remember right now. Um, um, who uh, is just Ulv- like... Ulvild? Uvhild. Uvhild. Yes, what that's is right. this? Uvhild. So there, there's Ramborg and Uvhild. Yeah. These are Norwegian names. You and don't make Kristen? fun. Oh, I'm and sorry. Kristen. Did we listen to your last episode? Uh, with all those uh, funky names? Yeah. Uh, and Kristen. And, yeah. Yeah. It just feels like Kristen got the... Uh, the good one. The she good got one. the good yeah. one. Ranfrid, Uvhild... Uh, uh, Uvhild, Ramborg. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Ramborg is a, that's a strong name. Uh, yeah. Ramborg sounds like a metal band. Yeah. Uh, it does. Um, You're just thinking Rammstein. I am just thinking Rammstein. So um, the story goes that when, you know, Kristen is, um, uh, she's growing up, um, uh, when she's sort of 13 or 14 years old, um, one of the young wards who lives at the farm, um, whose name is Arne Gerdsen, his first name is Arne, um, she's grown up with him like a brother and they love each other. Uh, um, actually, you know, Kristen, he loves her and Kristen's kind of oblivious to love and boys. Um, and, but he is so taken with her and protective of her and loves her. And he just knows I'm never, I'm never going to marry her. She's a noble girl and I'm a farm boy. It's never going to happen. Um, but he just loves her. And, um, there's one day that Kristen and Arn are on a walk somewhere and Arn is, has to leave. He's like, see you later, Kristen. And he goes off to, to where he's going and Kristen is accosted by a he, uh, by a priest in training, and he attempts to assault her and force his way upon her, oh and she fights him off. And she, um, the the author does a good enough, a really great job in that like 
it's really, you as the reader don't really know what's going on because it's from the perspective of a 14-year-old girl and it's sort of like written as such. Um, you don't really know. It's like really hard to understand what's going on. But she fights off this boy and he runs off. I think she bonks him in the head with a rock. And he runs off and she is like ashamed and embarrassed uh, and doesn't tell her parents. And I think she actually like ends up telling the mother of the boy who accosted her. And the mother's like, oh, well, let's just not talk about this, right, oh, kind of thing. Jeez. And, um, but it all, but so, but then Arn, the farm boy, finds out about the, about Kristen getting assaulted Ooh. and goes and attacks the priest in training. Yep. And the priest in training kills Arn. Whoa. Oh, no. And oh, so gosh. Arn, the farm boy, is killed. And Chris, and then when that happens, the whole- He sto- sounded like a good chap. I know, he was yeah. a great chap. And then the whole story comes out, and then there's this scene where Kristen is coming in to see the body of Arn, and uh, the mother, Arn's mother, is there, and um, basically accuses Kristen of like, um, uh, oh, you know, y- you were happy. She's like, kiss the body of my son, and Kristen doesn't want to. And she's like, oh, you were happy to kiss him when he was alive, but now you're not happy to kiss him when he's dead. And Kristen's like, I, I never kissed him. Right. And then the dad is sitting there being like, mm, woman, you are in grief, like like leave my daughter alone. And there's this whole kerfuffle in town and Kristen is sent away to a monastery just to have things cool down. Okay. So she goes off to this monastery and she doesn't know what's what, but you get, but again, you sort of get this sense of here is Kristen who like elicits desire in people that she doesn't understand Mm -hmm. and other people can't control. And I think that is a reality of maybe womanhood that I've never thought about just as a man, hmm. which I think, you know, anyway, that's a whole other, whole other issue. Is she sent to the monastery to become a nun? No, no. Oh. She sent us the monastery just basically to like, um, to go and pray and prepare for uh-huh. her marriage. Oh, okay. Because in the meantime, dad has found her a suitable man named Simon. Simon Dar, he's known as Simon Dare, or he's known as Simon Andreessen because his father's name is Andres. Hmm. Um, so he's Simon Dare. I think he's from that region, uh, but he's also Simon Andreessen, and he is kind of a schlub. Oh, um, he is so you know when uh, later on you find out that he's actually a wonderful, wonderful person. But as like a fourteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old boy, she's Kristen's like. So what do you like? He's like, I like horses. She's like, oh. Mm-hmm. And she's like, do you like romance? You know, she's like sort of asking him questions. Oh. She wants a little fire from him. And he's like, I like horses. I like farming. Uh, I'm really into, you know, and he's just like naming all the boy things that uh-huh. he likes. And there is no chemistry. Bummer. And for a 14-year-old girl, this is tra- traumatic. Yep. Kristen wants some fire. She wants some passion. Um, and Simon is like, you know, a station wagon, mm-hmm. right? Yep. No passion. Yeah. Um, and Simon, of course, is in love with her for the moment he sees really? her. She is, you know, she's got golden hair. She is beautiful. She is very competent. She is very smart. As she's growing up, she ends up becoming like a, um, a healing woman. Like she's, she, she gets taught in the healing arts by this woman named uh, Asahild Gunit's daughter. And Asahild has kind of this weird checkered past where um, – we think there's rumors that she murdered her husband with poison Whoa. to marry this person that she loves. And those rumors persisted, persisted so much that she had to leave her high society court life and her and her husband, who was once her lover, 
once she had her de- first dead husband are now like moving to the countryside okay. just to get away from the rumors. Yeah. And Asahild teaches Kristen some of the arts of healing and this makes the men folk a little nervous because it's like, you know, healing and witchery and like that kind of stuff is too closely linked. And Asahild is super cool with teaching Kristen the like Christian arts of healing, but she's also kind of cool with teaching Kristen the like pagan arts of healing that involve other like the, the pagan ways and Laverns is not cool with this. Right. And Kristen is sort of learning all of this. And Asahild is like the cool aunt who's from the city, who has a past um, and is like telling Kristen about passion and love. And here's this woman that everyone thinks murdered her husband because she was so in love with this guy. Yeah. And now they're living this like fabulous life off in the country. And Kristen thinks she's awesome. And anyway, um, so, um, so Kristen has learned all this. Dad's like, you're going to the monastery just to like, let things settle down and also like pray for, pray for Arn cause he died. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and just, you know, spend a year, um, getting your head on straight before you get married is what, is what the plan is. Okay. So she knows she's going to marry Simon before she goes to the monastery? Correct. Okay. Mm. And she is not all that thrilled with Simon because he's like kind of overweight. He's kind of like a puffy kid. Uh-huh. And um, and he's from a really great family, but it's like he's not sexy, right? Mm. Like he's from a great family, but he's like from a great family in, I don't know, like Missouri. He, you know, he's not from New York City. He's, you know, he's yeah. he's just... Um, he's what you'd call phlegmatic. Yeah. But he's, yeah, he's a little phlegmatic. Um, but he just doesn't... He's just never really, like, had to charm or talk to a girl before. So right. when she's like, what, what, what do you like? He's like, I like, I like horses. Doesn't everybody like horses? I like... I really <laughs> love... I like... I love a great dagger. Uh-huh. And she's like, okay. Okay. Uh, so she's not cool with it. Yeah. Um, so she goes off to the monastery... And, um, and loves it. She, um, loves the monastery while she's there and she has, um, positive experiences with the nuns and she, there is a, um, uh, a, uh, a monk that she befriends and his name is, Ooh, what's his name? Um, can't remember. Um, but um, brother Edvin, but brother Edvin, that's him. So her and brother, so brother Edvin, he is just like this ray of Christian sunshine and he takes a shining to Kristen and he hears all of her, you know, things when she, uh, all of her story and he just like inspires her and calls her to a higher life of Christian piety. And she does it so much so that she thinks about, and she's like, oh man, the other side of this is like, like dopey Simon, and then so she's like, maybe maybe I should be a, a nun. Oh, well. Hmm. And maybe I should take up this life of being a nun. And my sister Ramborg, when she's old enough, <laughs> can marry Simon. Because oh, Ramborg, Ramborg would love Simon. Because <laughs> Ram- Ramborg's like seven years old and thinks Simon is kind of great. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kristen is 16 and Simon is, you know, 20 or whatever. Right. Um, or maybe even older. I, I don't know. Um, and so Kristen's like, so she's sort of thinking of this idea of going into the monastery. Now, this opens up kind of a major theme throughout the story. And that major theme is, I'm realizing I'm 20 minutes in of my like preliminary summary. This is probably going to be Two m- maybe multiple Has episodes. Yeah. Um, well, you have three volumes I know, sitting I on know. the desk in front of you. But, yeah. We're a third uh, of the way through the Kristen, first. What Christian's, this, one of the major themes of the book is there are two worlds that exist in our life. In, in the on our terrestrial existence. And there is the world of man 
wherein it is ruled by our passions and violence and where when we take control of it, um, it can all, you know, we can get consequences that we didn't necessarily intend. And that's sort of the world of man and it's, it's messy and there are um, people desire things and the things that you desire you're not necessarily going to get and there can be resentment and there can be pain and then there can be suffering and, and there's also, but there's also passion and there's love and there's like the world of man. And then there's the option of dedicating your life to God and quitting the world and going into the monasteries. And for Kristen, the draw of just, just quitting the world, of just being like, I'm out, I'm out. And I don't want any part of this. And there's a tremendous amount of like love and respect for everybody who does this is really attractive to her. She's like, why put myself through all of the misery that can come with marrying Simon who I mm-hmm. don't want to marry? Right. And why, and if like really my life is just to marry this guy, kind of be miserable like my mom and have a bunch of boys and like run the farm or because of this like experience that she's had with brother Edvin, she's like, or I I could dedicate myself to, to being the bride of Christ. I could dedicate myself to being this nun and she's got these healing arts. And so the nuns are like, you're super useful. Um, And so that is such an attractive option to her. And, And she's really contemplating this. All right. So she's kind of at the nunnery with this other girl who's probably there for like some other reason, just need to get her out of town because she was kind of boy crazy at home. And so mm-hmm. she's going to the nunnery. So she becomes friends with this girl who's not a major character. Um, but um, her and this girl are like going for a walk one day and there was like a circus in town, I think. And a bunch of leopards were at the circus and they oh, escaped. No. And people were like, hey, you got to be real careful. There's leopards out there. Yeah. And the girls kind of get freak out. And they run into the woods thinking they're being chased by leopards. And then they get lost. That's bad. And when they get to the woods, they see a bunch of like German merchants or who they think are German merchants. They speak German or they're foreigners. And they're like, oh, thank goodness, men to help us. Oh, and they, no. Mm-hmm. And they go up to them and they're like, can you help us? And these guys are like, oh, we'll help you. Oh. And um, so they oh. basically... They, um, Kristen realizes much sooner than the other girl. The other girl's like, great, man help. Um, And then Kristen, who has been assaulted before, realizes like, we got to get out of here. There's nothing they can do. Um, Sort of at the moment where it's going to be made apparent that they are going to be doing harm to these girls, um, a a gentleman rides in with his sword drawn on his horse and saves them. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. And he comes in. That's great. And he is handsome. And he is, his name is Erland Nicholson, uh, uh, Nick, or Nicholson, Nicholson, I don't know how to pronounce it. His name is Erland. And he is handsome, and he is, as we're going to find out, he is mirthful and jovial. He has a twinkle in his eye. He is a rascal, and he is a very complicated man, but he is just, in many ways... He is a delight. He is the life of the room. Any room he goes into, everyone's like, Erland is bringing the party. He is jovial. He is unserious in all of his affairs, but he understands the severity of everything. Do you kind of get what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so he's, he like knows what's going on, but he is so good natured that he kind of gives off bro vibes. But in reality, he like is super shrewd. 
Um, and he's also massive ladies man. Mm. So this is Erlen. <laughs> Up until that, I was going to say, this sounds like everything I've stri- like been striving to be my whole life. <laughs> yeah. and, and then, then the massive ladies man. Ah, well. <laughs> is he around the same age? So no, Erlen oh. is much older. He's probably in his late 20s, okay. I think. Um, and he comes in and he saves the girls. Great. And Kristen yeah. is oh, of course. She's gonna fall in love. full yeah. on, on awoogachakas. <laughs> right? Like just, sure, yeah. just yeah. cartoon heart uh-huh. eyes out of her head. Uh-huh. Right? Um, she knows him because he is a big name. Oh. He's a knight. Okay. He is like, he's related to the king hmm. in some way. Wow. Um, he has, he is reckless and handsome. Is he married? Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, no, he's not married. Okay. Um, uh, no, he's not. Um, Kristen falls in love with him, but like, sure, she's not, not doing anything about it. Right. She's sixteen, right. um, but he's you know he saved her life. This is everything you ever wanted in a storybook from a man. Yeah, um, and you can just you know, and you, she, he wears. The, they mention a lot that he wears his clothes really well, oh. <laughs> okay. um, and he's just he's um, he is yeah he's wonderful. Now. Um, He's teasing and charming, and he teases and charms the girls right there. And the other boy crazy girl was like, I'm going to marry that guy. Right. And then Kristen is like, yeah, he's something. Um, and it's obvious that Erland sees Kristen and sees how beautiful she mm. is. Okay. Kristen realizes that there have been rumors around Erland. It takes a long time for her to realize what has actually happened because she just hears little swirlings and rumors. But I'll tell you the actual thing that has happened. Erland... Um, as a younger man fell in love and had an affair with this woman um, who was married to an old, like, half-dead, like, doofus. (laughs) She was married to this guy. It was like a pure marriage of money and convenience, and he was like 30 years old, 40 years. Like, it's just just bad news. And her name was um, uh, not Margaret. That's his daughter, um, what's her name? Oh, sorry, I didn't write Elin? that one down. Hum? E-L-I-N-E? Yes, uh, Elim, I think is how you pr- would pronounce it. Elim or Elam, Elim. Um, so he, yes, married. So she's married to this guy, and Erland and her have a love affair. And old man dies, and, um, is that correct? No, he may not be dead. They have a love affair, and she f- has two bastard children with Erland. Um, and he, she has a, a daughter named Margaret and a son named Orm. Okay. And so has two bastard children, and because of it, um, Erland is excommunicated from the church. Whoa. Ooh, really? Yes. Whoa, wow. Big That's deal. a step. Yeah, serious. Um, because he was having bastard children. He's, he's noble. Yeah. So this isn't just like a peasant. So this is like a big deal. And he, he lives in an excommunication for a while. Because he was supposed to go and like repent at the bishop, and he's like, who has time for that? Um, <laughs> you know, he's like one of those guys. Yeah. And he's like, you need to go to the bishop, you need to confess your sins, you've been doing this terrible thing. And he's like, I'm busy, I'll do it later, wow. I've got stuff to do. I like, you know, the hunt is on. And so he basically, uh, the bishops get so frustrated that they excommunicate him and he can't take communion. And he's like, uh, and he's like, I guess I'll get my bread elsewhere. Like, he's one of those guys, right? right. right. Um, and so, you know, he's this rascal. So this is what has happened. So he's had these bastard children, and he had promised Elim um, that he would marry her when her husband died. So husband's still alive. 
but estranged and bastard children, and it's a whole scandal. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and he promised her that she, he would marry her when husband died, and she's off in the north, and Margaret and Orm are like, Growing up without a dad, and Erland is being a rascal, and Whoa. he's doing—he's on the king's errands, and he's like being part of skirmishes, and he's fighting the Russians in the north, and he's coming back, and now he meets Kristen. So he's not cool. Yeah, he sounded awesome at first. He, and now, yeah, he's yeah. not cool. He makes yeah. bad decisions. But yeah. the best part about this book is like, people aren't good, people aren't bad. There are people who make bad decisions, and they have no really great characteristics, Kristen included. Even though that she is. You know, a very attractive character in terms of her quality of character. There are things in her character, she has a central flaw, and that is holding grudges. Um, she quietly holds a grudge her entire life and realizes how much poison it's, it's done to her. Wow. Um, anyway, so she has, so her and Erland, he um, seeks her out at a party. And she is walking home from, from dinner one night back to the monastery and she sees him and he is in sort of the darkness of the wall and she comes towards him and they embrace and she falls asleep with her head in his lap and she wakes up in the morning still with her head in his lap. Nothing has happened other, apart from that. And she and him look at each other and, they, and she makes a vow to him in her heart, not out loud, that she is going to love him forever. And, he, and, and she basically realizes... We smooched, we spent the night together, not right. sexually, but we spent the night together, and she says, I'm, I'm bound to you. And, he's, and so they basically make a vow to each other that they love each other. What about his vow to the other lady? Yeah, doesn't matter. He's making uh, a lot of vows, He's making guy. some vows, this guy. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, I, don't, I don't just toss those things around. He's, I, he's, he's, you know, <laughs> so not like dollar bills. I told you he was reckless. He made so, that vow too? It wasn't just Kristen to herself? He made that vow as okay. well. Yeah. And then, then that was voiced. Okay. And, or is he a polygamist, maybe? No. And so the, the, the summer goes on and he eventually um, uh, seduces Kristen oh. and takes her maiden of honor yeah. in a haystack. Oh. Um, and uh, that continues like all a, summer. A real roll in the hay. A real yeah. roll in the hay. And yeah. Kristen is b both absolutely enamored in love and absolutely ashamed and she wants, and she prays every day to the Virgin Mary that she does not bear a child. Mm. And she prays, and she is like absolutely horrified that that is a prayer she has to make because of how grievous a sin this is. Yeah. And she loves him, S loves him. And, and, and actually, uh, even a bit of a spoiler, he loves her. Oh. And his bond well, I mean, for Kristen, for him, right? like, his bond for Kristen forever for the rest of the book is true and strong in there. He's wow. still a dope yeah. and he's still a rascal and he makes bad decisions and he's going to make worse decisions in his life. But the bond and tie that he has to Kristen is, is real. real, even though he's like not going, you know, there's, there's infidelities. Even, so this is all while Kristen's her. still at the monastery? This is all, it's Kristen's, okay. she's 16 year old and he's like late twenties. That's also gross. But anyway, it's the middle ages, whatever. Yeah. Um, so she is in love and, um, um, and it gets sort of, it gets worse where, um, Erland eventually is like, listen, I know this place where we can, don't have, we don't have to be in the hay. I know this place. I know this lady and we can like rent a room and we can be together. And it's just like a brothel. Right. Um, oh, and so I worse. know it's even yeah. worse. And so he gets his, um, sort of right hand man whose name is Ulf. Okay. And he gets Ulf to be like this go-between, and Ulf comes to 
the monastery and says, hey, I got a message. Kristen Lavern's daughter is supposed to come here. Her father wants her to talk to this guy in town. And the nuns are like, oh, wonderful. Off you go, Kristen. <laughs> Ulf takes her to the brothel. Yep. She goes up and she spends the night with, um, Erland. with Erland. And um, Simon finds out. Ooh. Oh. So. Well, I was guessing baby. Yeah. But, yeah. No. Simon finds out that this is happening and he comes and he's heard about, he comes, but he finds out about this and he comes to the monastery and he says, what's going on? He's like, I'm your protector, which he is because they're engaged. And Kristen says, I love Erland and I don't want to marry you. Oh. And Simon, and Simon, so she says, please break your vow to me of marriage and break the vow to my father so that I can marry Erland. And Simon has two options. He can say, screw it. We're doing it. doesn't matter. I don't care what you feel. But he says, okay. And he does. And he goes to what dad. And yep. dad has, you know, dad has had no idea. Simon goes to Laverne's. Is Laverne serious? Simon goes to Laverne's and says, I cannot marry your daughter. Yeah. And Laverne says, why? And Simon says, I don't want to. And oh. it's off. He wow. doesn't tell her. He yeah. doesn't tell Laverne's. Mm. And dad's like, okay. And then, um, uh, also, Simon had Simon actually went to the brothel and confronted them one oh, night, well. and Simon and, and Erland almost got in a fight and almost killed each other, and Kristen had to stop it. And then Simon uh, um, um, Simon said, um, I will uh, um, basically, like, I'm going to give you time to tell your father, and the only way that I'm going to not marry you is eventually you need to go and tell your dad what's going on. Mm-hmm. And Kristen kind of says, okay. Um, and so Kristen goes to, no, goes to dad and says, I don't want to marry Simon. I want to marry Erland. And Laverne's is like, Erland, the one who has, who excommunicated Erland, the one who has bastard children with Elim, the one who is a, like known to be a rake and a scoundrel on, into the entire nation of Norway. And she's like, yes, I love him. And he loves me, dad. Um, <laughs> and she's 16, right? right. Yeah. Um, and dad says, nope, not happening. Um, Uh-oh. and, um, mom come, dad's like, it's not happening. And Kristen, um, basically dad has no idea about the affair. Dad has no oh. idea about the, about sex. Dad has no idea about any of that. Right. Just thinks that she's in love and, and Simon is withdrawn. Massive embarrassment, right. massive scandal. Um, Erland tries to make little overtures to, to Laverne's to get it, uh, happen. Erland goes to the bishop and confesses his sin and gets brought wow. back into the Catholic church so he can marry, uh, marry Kristen. He does it, but, uh, it's winter and he can't go see them. And Kristen is now back at home and dad refuses it. Mom comes to, so Rangford comes up to Laverne's and essentially says, um, um, are you, why won't you allow this marriage? And he's like, well, she's like, I know why you want to allow this marriage, but he said her love for Erland may be stronger than her love for us and it may be stronger than her love for her own life. Oh, whoa. And Laverne's goes, hmm. Um, meanwhile, Kristen basically goes into, like, total emotional shutdown. She doesn't eat. She doesn't sleep. She barely talks. She, like, goes to church, and she sits at home, and she, like, stokes the fire, and she is just, she doesn't talk to her father. She is just, like, emotionally shut down, she is basically like wasting away. She's, she's sick. She has, she gets feverish and people are like, she might die. 
She might die of a broken heart. Like she just has, might have lost the will to live. And dad sees it all winter. It's just like long, it's like one of the coldest, longest, darkest winters in Norway. And Christian is just like fading as a person in the house because of her heart. Um, At this point, Christian realizes that she is not pregnant in any of these things. And so that is a relief. But it's also like, how long was that a mystery? Like all winter? No, no. Like, well, well not all <laughs> At winter. some point you got to figure it well, out. Well, you know, three months into it, you realize it's not happening, right? right? But there's a point where she realizes she's not pregnant and she is relieved. But how do you give thanks to God on Sunday for that? She's not confessing that sin to the priest. Right. So she feels like she is carrying this unconfessed sin. Um, she is carrying this unconfessed sin. She's taking communion. Like she is, that's, it's killing her, literally. And dad sees it. Um, um, Shoot, I lost my train of thought, uh, what I was going to say next. Um, eventually, um, dad relents and dad consents to the marriage. Um, Just to save his daughter's life? What happens before? Oh, before he relents and, and consents, uh, there's uh, Kristen is going to go somewhere. I think she's going to go visit family or going to go visit somebody. And... Um, uh, but really, she's um, she was going to sneak off to marry Erland. Oh, wow. So she, she concocted this whole plan to sneak off and marry Erland. And so off she goes. And Erland has got Asahild as the, uh, as like, to help this thing happen. Asahild, the, like, witch lady, witch oh, doctor yes. lady. Yeah. And so Asahild has basically, Asahild's like, oh, yes, let love reign. This is, let your true love reign. And this, you know, she's basically one of those, like, kind of romantic about it. And she's like, of course, we'll sneak you off to get married. And this is so delightful. And, like, this is what life is, Mm. um, is just giving in to one's, you know, loves. Um, And and while Kristen and uh, Erland are getting ready to run away and get married, uh, Elim shows up at the house, the, the woman. The woman, yeah. And oh, she no. says, what the heck? my husband is dead. Oh. Um, I have come to redeem my promise. Okay. And Erlen's like, nah, got some news for you, lady. Oof. I'm marrying Kristen. And we're running off to get married. And Elim, there's this sort of this incredibly tense scene. And Kristen is like mortified. She's absolutely horrified. And she's right. like, she realizes the intense wrongness of everything. And she, but she feels like because she has given herself bodily to Erland, that is the only man she can now marry and the only person she can ever be with for the rest of her life. Um, because she has given herself in body and now she needs to give herself in heart and vow and honor and, and word. But she's at this point where she's like, I don't even know what I've gotten myself into. And there's this scene where... Elim is basically like holding this vial of poison and she says, you know, um, Kristen, if you drink this, Ooh. it will end, you know, then you don't need to worry about this. And there's this point where Kristen's like, maybe I should just drink it. Wow. And she's about to drink it and then Erlen stumps in and she's basically like, the, the Elim is basically like weaving this neurotic spell around Kristen and where Kristen is like, Re- almost reaching out, thinking like the, the, the drinking the poison is actually going to end the, the horror that this is. Elim and sounds like a keeper. Elim yeah, is, yeah, Elim Elim is nuts. Yeah. Um, and Kristen is just like... I wonder how her husband died. Kristen is absolutely... <laughs> That's a good point. ...racked with guilt of how much she, this has just wrecked her dad. Oh. Um, to the point where she's like, she's like reaching out and thinking of drinking the poison. And um, 
Erlen comes in and he's like, ah, stop this crazy lady. And he like, he knocks the poison out and he like, he takes out his dagger and she takes Ooh. out a dagger and she kind of goes after Erlen and then Erlen very easily like deflects everything and then Elim takes the dagger and kills herself. Whoa. Um, and, nice. then she, and then she's dead on the ground and Erlen's like, we got to clean this up somehow. Was it just the three of them there? Like uh, no Asahild and her husband. Oh, okay. The husband that she married by maybe murdering her old, her, her old yeah, husband yeah. are there. Cool, 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 cool. They're all in the room. Yeah. Super great crew of folks right <laughs> Yes. And everybody's everybody's fine. The thing is, like, cylinders. Kristen yeah. is now in this. She's just, like, the world and the people that she's now traveling with, you know, this is bad. And she's, she's just a trembling 16-year-old love-struck girl in the corner. Yep. And there's this dead woman on the ground from her own passion having stabbed herself. Basically... Um, Erland and the man and the other guy um, concoct a crazy story and uh, wrap up the body and bring it to the church and go and tell the church like, hey, this thing happened and everyone buys it and, and it's done. Okay. Everyone buys it that this woman killed herself in front of them, which, yeah. which she did, yeah. but not they don't know the whole rest of the story. And they basically like get Kristen home. And when dad was like, oh, how was visiting your aunt? Kristen's like, it was fine. Mm, right. And goes on and goes into her room. And no one knows about this. He never knows, knew that she ran away to get married. Crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Um, eventually, her emotional warfare wins on her father. And, and the thing that tips the scales is they had had a third daughter, Uvhild, and she is just like a beautiful, happy child. And one uh, uh, and around this time, they were re- doing some remodeling on the farm and a beam fell on Oof, a little Oofhild oh, and no. crushed her back. Mm-hmm. And they just happened to save her life, but Oofhild is very weak and lame and can't and is in lo- and is in pain. Right. Constant right. pain. Yeah. And this does not help depressed mom Rangfrid. Um, this and then um, uh, maybe this is actually going to be a three-parter because I'm only, I'm barely, I'm about to get through done book one. Yeah. Um, uh, this, <laughs> this is the only book one? I know, this is book, book one. Jeez yeah. Louise. This does crazy. not help mom. Well, depressed. I guess we're still young. We're not even married She's and it's a whole 16. life. Yep. This is, uh, does not help depressed mom. And mom and dad basically spend their days fasting and praying for Uvhild's life. Mm. Um, um, and Uvhild can kind of like struggle through. So the, sorry, the, the, Ufield's injury had happened a while ago, and she sort of like, is living this sort of like very crappy life. Um, and Ufield is probably going to go to a monastery and become a nun just because she's never going to get married. And um, and mom and dad spend all of, and Ufield is getting sick at this time when Kristen is doing her like emotional scorched earth towards her father. Yep. Um, and Ufield is fading in life uh, and is dying. And dad is watching his daughter die. And she's never going to be the daughter. The one thing that the daughter wanted was to get married one day. And she loved the hope chest and she would always wear the big dress and she wanted to get married one day. And now a daughter is dying, never going to get married. Mm -hmm. And Kristen is praying that if God would save Uvhild and that if Uvhild could grow up and marry Erland or marry anybody that, that Kristen would go and dedicate her life to the monastery. And that is her prayer. And so she prays this, and mom and dad are praying for Uvhild, and Uvhild dies. Mm. Um, and so they bury Uvhild at the church, uh, the, one of those big, big black wooden north cathedrals. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I don't think yeah. so. But. It's almost like if you know Suji Band, you know that, that technique of burning wood to keep it uh, preserved from the elements. Mm. Google like black Norwegian church, uh, medieval church, and you'll get a you'll get a picture of it. 
Uh, all right, I can show it to the two of y'all. Yeah, yeah, and then people at home can can Google it around. Oops. Yeah, Take exactly, it, that kind of thing. They've got a special name. Oh, I've seen those in horror films. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So they have the church like that, and and uh, Uvhild is buried under the steps of it, or in, in like the crypt. Poor girl. Yep. Yeah. And so Kristen, and so this is the thing that basically turns dad's t- the turn the t- turns the tide of dad's heart. Was it more like, like, is he giving up, basically? He's basically, yes, he's yeah. giving up. He's like, you win, girl. You did it. Um, uh, let me see. Uh, I'm just making sure I've got everything. Because um, Kristen hasn't, like, second-guessed her relationship with Erland at this point. Like, even yeah. with the Erland's old... Of course. She, but, but she's given herself, yeah, I guess. She vow. is. Yeah. And this is where I think... The, this is why I think I love the book so much is, like... No one is kind of this, like, one-dimensional character. Like, the conflict between the love, maybe the sunk cost fallacy, but also the love that she has for Erland. And remember, Erland has noble qualities and characteristics. There's going to be things that Erland does in the future that you're like, that is a a good man. And then there's going to be things where you're like, I cannot, this person is the most frustrating, he is a terrible person. Mm. Like, and Kristen is is just enraptured with him and loves him and has given herself to him, body and soul. And, but she doesn't know the fullness of everything. She doesn't know the fullness of the story. And, um, and then like this person comes in and kills herself and Kristen is just traumatized. And again, you know, um, it's basically like everywhere Kristen goes, like she basically elicits and stirs up the passions of the world around her. Yeah. Um, and she almost like can't, well, she can't help it when she's younger. Um, and so, uh, and this is, she's going to bear this grudge against Erland forever that you, you took me to a brothel. Like what the heck? Yeah. That was not cool. But, but I love you. You are my husband. Well, they're going to get married. Oh. Um, and so she, um, uh, she basically, uh, uh, wins the, the emotional war against her father and Laverne's is completely undone that, um, Uvhild has died. Right. Laverns has spent this time reflecting on his own marriage to Rangfrid. And he's like, my marriage to Rangfrid is Simon's marriage to Christian. Hmm. It makes sense on paper. It's going to work. It's, but there's no love. In fact, um, Laverns realizes as this goes on, he's like, and he, he has many talks with, with Rangfrid. And he's like, he's like, Rangfrid, do you love me? And Rangford's like, it's a little late for that. And she's like, no, but do you love me? Like, and Rangford says, I've met, she's like, I've been with, I've, we, I'm with you. I've been with you. Yeah. And that's um, the answer you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you are present. I have, yeah. she says, she says, I have done it. I have been, I have been your wife is what she says. And, and he realizes like, he doesn't love Rangford in the way that Kristen seems to love Erlen and is willing to die with not being near him. Laverns doesn't even can't even conceive of that kind of feeling. He doesn't think it's good. Right. He doesn't think it's wise. He does not think it's a good idea for Christian to marry Erland, but he consents because wow. he because of, he loves his daughter. Right. And and um and so it ha- so yeah and so he sends a word to to Erland and Erland's like 
sweet, hot dang, I knew it was gonna happen, rock and roll, let's do this thing, he rolls in with his train, he got, he's got his, his bros, he rolls in, um, they negotiate the dowry and the land and all that kind of stuff, and it's gonna come out real good for Kristen, because Erlen's oh. like a lord, like yeah. Erlen is yeah, high yeah, yeah. up, yeah. and this is gonna be great, and everyone in the small town is like, really, Erlen Nicholson, like, really, dude's a rake, yeah, um, and they're like, I knew that girl was trouble. Remember when she was sent to that monastery? Wow. Remember when Arn died? I knew that girl, like, she was a hussy. I knew people basically had little room. There's, right. And this is going to be another major theme of the book is just like unfounded rumors of infidelity surrounding Kristen. Mm. And it's not fair. Yep. And they and it dogs her. And the only reason it dogs her is because of how beautiful she is. Mm. And it's, and like, it's not, it's not, she can't do anything about it. Um, and the, you know, the, the, uh, the, um, the town is like, remember when Arn died? Remember when she gets sent off to the monastery? Who knows what happened there? She's, and now she's with Erlen Nicholson and she got Laverins, uh, to consent to the marriage. Like she knows exactly what she's doing, right? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And Kristen does not know exactly what she's doing. Kristen is kind of like a naive girl who was just in love with a handsome man who saved her from leopards and brigands and seduced her. And she is like, yes, I got him. I, yep. I got him. I won. Okay. He comes in. Um, the, the, when the marriage is, the, the, uh, you know, uh, basically Erlen has moved in. Uh, to, or he's come to, you know, to, to prep, prep everything for the marriage. He can yep. stay in town. He sleeps with uh, with um, Kristen again. This time she gets pregnant. Whoa! Oh. And she realizes it. Um, and the whole wedding happens. And Kristen is so sick in the first trimester. Um, and she goes to Asahild and is like, "I am." She's absolutely nauseous, and she knows she's pregnant, and she is mortified and humiliated yep. and she is supposed to stand in front of God and her mother and father wearing the vestments of the virgin woman to be married. So there's this whole tradition of when you are a virgin and when you are unmarried, your hair is allowed to be down. Oh. And when you marry, you marry, you, you marry with this golden crown course, like flower crown. Yep. And that is the sign of your, your pure virginity. And she's like, I can't, I'm going to be wearing that in, in the church of God in front of my parents with a, with a beating heart under my breast, she says. Mm. Uh, not, you know, with her, with her, with her this heart of, with yeah. the heart of her child beating two, under her two breast. Beating two. two beating yeah. hearts. Yeah. And, and Asa Hild's like, don't worry about it. I'll give you something to help you with the nausea. Oh no. And so she gives her something to help with the nausea and the nausea, and it basically makes Kristen dopey oh. and almost like kind of trippy and like sedated. And so she, during the wedding, her head is spinning and she's seeing faces in the crowd and she can't really like focus on everything. But Erland is there smiling like a goon at the front and she's walking down the aisle and she doesn't know if this is real or fake and she's feverish and she's, it's stuffy in the church and she is like, it's just sort of near panic and it's just basically this like massive anticlimactic experience. Yeah. Um, oh, poor girl. Um, oh, uh, one thing not been going swimming. Sorry, though. one thing I forgot to mention is while she's pregnant, um, uh, once she realizes she's pregnant before she's married, the church gets struck by lightning and burns to the ground. Oh my! Um, and Erland and the dad, 
go and end up saving portions of the church. Actually, they end up saving the holy vessels oh, in wow. the church yep. in the fire and get badly burned doing it. Wow. And this actually bonds Laverns and Erland together. Cool. cool. And Laverns is like, oh, maybe I was a little too hasty with you, Erland. Yeah. And Erland's like, yeah, you know, Erland's he's just so charming and yeah. he's just so dandy and he's just like got a smile and a spring in his step and he's like, I knew I'd win you over pops. And he's like that kind of guy. Yeah. But the dude's a rascal anyway. Right. But does not know that he knocked up his daughter, right? right. Bad. Right. Anyway, they save the things. Laverns is absolutely heartbroken because that is the church where Ufhild is buried and the churches can't be used. So, the, oh, no. so during the marriage, Kristen doesn't even get to get married in her own church. She's got to travel to some foreign church. Um, and, it's, it's, and it's this big anticlimactic thing. So maybe we'll end the episode with the end of book one. Okay. Um, and... Um, uh, Finally, part of the wedding ceremony is dad and mom take the daughter, the newly married daughter, virginal daughter, to the wedding chamber, the bed chamber, and they remove her beautiful wedding dress and they take off her virginal crown and they lay her in the bed and then they wait and then the husband comes in and they basically have a like handover from parents to husband. And with the with the wife with the daughter going moving from daughter to woman, she's about to be, uh, to, you know, to to lay with her husband for the first time, and it's this transition from like daughter to womanhood. And the parents are there with husband, and then they leave, and husband stays, and then they have their wedding night. That's the right. tradition. Okay. And dad, when he is putting uh, Kristen to bed, and he is taking off her wedding clothes, and when she is laying there. When Erlen comes in, dad notices that Kristen is not nearly as bashful and shy as he thinks she should be. Yeah. Uh-oh. And he, lo- and he looks at it, and he realizes, at that moment, he realizes they've been together. They have slept together. Yeah. Uh, he has already been with my daughter. And it, he is crushed. Yeah. Just absolutely mortified. He is just absolutely crushed. And um, the daughter that he had such hopes for, and he had brought such a wonderful marriage with Simon for, and that just the absolute apple of his eye it has gone off and lived in, you know, in, in this life of wanton lusts and has been seduced by this man. And she basically like emotionally twisted dad's arm to get married and he relented. And she's now, you know, sitting there waiting for husband and dad's like, I've been played. Yeah. And it's horrible. Golly. And he leaves the room and Kristen, you know, Kristen and Erland sit to each other and they're like, I can't believe we lived as long to see this day. And Erland is beside himself with joy and Kristen is like, not. Right. It's, it's a massive anticlimax for her because she got Erland, but at what cost? And yeah. she is furious that she's pregnant with Erland. Now, of course, she should be furious you know, with herself as well. And she is, right. but she is like in front of God. I made these vows. I was wearing the outfit of the virgin, and I have a child inside of me. And everyone's going to figure it out everyone's, when the baby comes around. Everyone figures it out eventually because right. yeah. that's going to happen. Everyone's going to be – people can count to nine, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, and so that's coming, and she knows that's coming. But in the moment, she's with Erlen, the person she thought she was never going to be with. But it has, it has like, scorched her childhood to get there, right? And the town is like – and Laverns deserves better than Kristen. Yeah. Oh. And and so she so has awful. no reputation. Yeah. Even and um but even though so like 
the, the opinion of the outside town is such that Christian's kind of this like hussy, but the reality of Christian's heart is the torment of the sin. And she's like, I, again, she has the like, I just wish maybe I could just quit the world and become a nun and get out of this world of passion and pain. But now she's married and now she has a child and she's going to be a mother. She is terrified that God is going to punish her with the child, that the child is going to be sick. Um, um, There's an old legend that if a woman who is married, um, sorry, is a woman who, a pregnant woman is close to uh, a, a church that is on fire, that it is going to scorch the child and the child is going to be the devil's child. Oh. And so she's convinced that she's going to give birth to the devil. Wow. Like she, the, She's convinced oh. that the child inside of her is a demon that is going to kill her and is going to wreak havoc on the world. Let's, so, let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, like, let's go the, ahead and pray that that's not the case. Anyway, and so she the, has this child and she's like super conflicted about it and yeah. she's praying to Mary that this child is just like normal and healthy and, and good but she is convinced that she is going to give birth to a terror uh, because of her sin, because right. of everything. All right. Laverins, um kind of regrets the marriage, but he, you know, uh, but at this point, that, that at the, to the end of book one, Laverins is with Rangfrid and he's just sort of sitting down realizing, there's two things he realized, that Kristen um, has already slept with Erland and that Kristen, the depth of Erland and Kristen's emotion for each other is nothing he's ever had in his life. Oh. So he realizes that, like, he did not have the same love for Rangford as Kristen had for, for Erland. Mm-hmm. He, like, married her, did his duty, got his kids, and she's great, and she runs the farm, and I plant the things, and everyone in town loves us and thinks we're noble and good. And Rangford is kind of, like, struggling with depression because she's had a bunch of dead sons. And, and then it turns out Rangford herself had been in love when she was young. Oh. And was not allowed... Poor Laverns. And was no. not allowed to marry the person that she loved and had given herself to him, yep. and he died. The, the, the mm. husband had died. Or, the, sorry, the lover no, had I mean, died. Given herself to him in Sexually. Like, okay, she had, yeah, yeah. She, like, he took Not her, like a vow. No. Well, yes, less of a vow. She basically had had a similar thing as Kristen. Okay. I was kind of seduced, but I loved him, and I gave myself to him fully in body and heart, and he died. And she's like, do you remember when we were betrothed and that funeral came by and you noticed that I was uh, a lot more emotional over the death? And yep. he's like, yeah. And she's like, it was that guy. And he's like, huh, yeah. you don't say. And so, and he said, you know, so Laverne's like, um, you know, it's like, wow. And so, and basically realizes like, I don't think, I married Kristen to a terrible person. He is not going to be good to her. That is going to be a train wreck. And you feel it as you're reading it. You're like, Kristen, I know you love this guy, but no, bad. Yeah. But she's done, she's in it. And he's like, but if I had married her to Simon, she would have had the life that my wife had, which is a loveless life with someone like me. And you're like, no, Leverance, you're so amazing. And so um, he says he feels like he has had the Red Eagle. Do you know what the Red Eagle is? No. It was a torture, a Viking torture technique. Oh, well, I do kind of yeah. know this. Where they, where they basically they cut, cut the, along your spine yeah. and splay out your ribs to yeah. make them look like wings. Yeah. It's hor- horrific. And he says, this is how I, he's like, Raven says, this is how I feel now. Yeah. Is that like learning this about my wife. And he's not married. He's not sad that she slept with this guy because, and love this guy. He's sad that he never, that he never realized the woman he had in Rangford. He's sad that he never realized the quality of character that he had in this woman who like, 
buried her desire to do her duty to her family and to him and has been with him these many years. And he's been kind and nice and good, but he hasn't given his heart to her. Mm. And he realizes this. And so he's conflicted. He's happy that Kristen and Erland are passionate for each other. He's worried about them. And he just sort of feels like he now has to, he has like, He's never going to be able to make up the lost time and give Rangford what she should have had all this time, which is his, which is his actual heart, yeah. because he's just been like Laverne's doing his job, and um, and he's so and, and so Laverne's forgives her for this for having for slept with this man and having loved, and they come to this point where they sort of realize that they, it's not love, but it is it's it is love like. Us reading it, we look at that and we say, there is a love there, but it's not the passion of Erland and Kristen. Um, So now Erland is taking Kristen home um, to his estate and he has left it in ruin because it's like, think big sprawling medieval estate with vineyards and beer and deer and and forests and peasants and farms. And he's been off being a rake and a ragabond and doing all sorts of things. And this thing is like in disorder. And Kristen, and he's like, Kristen will set it right. Oh my. And that's the, and so then he's taking her there. And so this is, so we'll end episode one here because that's the end of the first volume. Wowzers. And I, I guess I didn't, re- I never got into, but what I do want <laughs> to read is the end okay. of um, the speech that Kristen has when she's an old woman. She listens to this priest. Wait, you're skipping to the third book? Yeah, I'm skipping to the third book because I just want to read it so you get a sense of. of oh, yeah. I mean, can't you save it for part Save it two? for the book. Yeah, or the third book. Uh, like, th- this is a solid episode. I yeah. feel like you got to save the good stuff for mm. later. Um, can I just give you a. No, because this is going to be a theme that comes up. Let me give you this. Let me give you this. This is, this is good. Um, so what speech is this? This is towards the end, and I will give you all the context, but she's, she's basically talking to the priest that has been with her her whole life. Okay. Um, and he's talking to her about how God has worked in her life. He said, but you, Kristen, he said, turning to the woman, you should have seen so much now, methinks, that you might trust in God Almighty with a surer trust. Have you not yet understood that he bears up every soul so long as the soul lets not go its hold on him? Think you, woman, child that you still are in your old age, that tis God punishing sin when you must reap sorrow and humiliation because you followed your lusts and your overweening pride over paths that God has forbidden his children to tread? Would you say that you had punished your children if they scalded their hands when they took up the boiling kettle you had forbidden them to touch? Or if the slippery ice broke under them that you had warned them not to go upon? Have you not understood when the brittle ice broke beneath you that you were drawn under each time you let go God's hand? And you were saved from out of the deep each time you called on him. Was not the love that bound you and your father in the flesh together, even when you defied him and set your willfulness against his will, was it not a comfort and a solace nonetheless when you had um, to reap the fruits of your disobedience to him? Have you not understood yet, sister, that God has helped you each time you prayed Though you prayed half-heartedly and with feigning and helped you much beyond what you prayed for, you loved God as you loved your father, not so hotly as you loved your own will, yet nonetheless that you ever sorrowed much when you forsook him, God, and therefore his mercy towards you suffered good to grow. Amid the evil harvest you, you must needs reap from the seeds of your stubborn will. And then he goes on and exclaims. So it's just... 
there's the like, that is going to be this major theme is that like, we pray to God for the things that we want. Give me Erland. Uh, 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 help my child not to be a demon. And at the end, and, and the priest is saying like, God will save you. God will answer your prayer. Not in the way that you think he's going to, but um, you think he's punishing you when you burn your hand or fall through the ice when he said, don't touch, don't go. Mm-hmm. No, he's not punishing you. You're give, being given over to the consequences of don't touch, don't go. But every time you raised your hand to be saved, he grasped you and pulled you up. And every time you pulled your hand away for your own will, you sunk down into the water. And then, the, But he's basically saying that, Kristen, God has answered your prayer your whole life. But he has not answered the prayer. He has not answered your will but he has answered your prayers. And Kristen at the end of her life realizes this. And it's so good. And this book is amazing. Um, and it is just glorious. And um, and there's so much to go. And I, there's all the, man, I didn't even get to all the thoughts and the and the, the conclusions I wanted to talk about. So maybe we're just going to have to keep on trucking yeah. and do more episodes of Kristen. It's going to be at least daughter. three parts, right? You might I think do, so. Probably, uh, uh, the thing is the first one is so in, important of setting it up that we can kind of probably boogie through this. The, are you sure? The other two books we can probably get through. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll believe it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But, all right, this has been classical <laughs> stuff you should know. I, I, I promised you a, a special deal. This three for one at the beginning, but nope, mm. this is just a regular good old one for one. So you, you, <laughs> got, you got a review of one book. I don't think, did we even talk about the title? This one's called The Wreath? It's called, yeah, so the um, book one is called The Wreath because it's about her bridal wreath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The and virginal then, wreath that she, and sh- she feels shame every time she thinks about it. Yeah. And we'll move into the, I guess The Wife is the name mm-hmm. of the next book, so there you go. All right, so this has been Classical Stuff You Should Know. Uh, you can find us online at patreon.com slash classical stuff. You can find us at classicalstuff.net. If you want to email us, uh, that's at the guys at classicalstuff.net. Uh, you can find us on Twitter or X at uh, C-L-S-S-C-A-L stuff. And if I forgot something, I apologize. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk with you all again soon. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Bye.